Okay, we're learning Dav Ayin. We're starting from three lines up on Sabbath Testament base where the Gemara says, Bayi Rabbah. Again, we have many questions here from Rabbah pertaining to Akama and Afara. So here, Rabbah wonders, Bayi Rabbah, King Luchi Ayom. Someone, so obviously the, it's a father or husband that we're talking about, but he says that the nether about his daughter or wife's nether, that it should be confirmed today. So confirmed today has an implication that after today it should no longer be confirmed. So Mao, what's the halacha? And this is a shayla, it sounds like, in terms of, uh, in terms of the lasha that he's saying. do we say, Since he said it's kayim for today, then the implication is as if he said that it's, it's mufar for tomorrow. So automatically then, from tomorrow and on, it's, it's mufar, and there's no issue. There, there, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to say anything further, and the nether just goes away by itself after today. Because he said it's a kaim for today. The implication is <coughs> that it, for tomorrow, it should be annulled. Now, just to understand right there, stop right there. How could that be? Doesn't the Torah say that a person can annul the nether only within the first 24 hours? So if he's saying it's kaim for now, even if it's true that the implication is that for tomorrow it's annulled, but isn't that too late to annul the nether? Imagine someone's silent, right? Shika for 24 hours, what's the halacha? After, it's too late to make an annulment. So if the guy is saying that it's kind for today, even if there is such a mashmalas, that it's, it's, it's mufa for tomorrow, how does that work? So the Ron clears up an interesting point here, that is since the maisa, on the, the maisa hafara, on the day when he hears about it, he does imply to us that he wants it to be more for tomorrow. So it says, if he's making that far today, its effect will only be for tomorrow. But it's not shy, he was shy sick today. He gave us the implication today, he said language today, which implied that he wanted it more for tomorrow. So that, that doesn't have a problem of it being an old after 24 hours. The problem of it being an old after 24 hours is where a person is shy sick. He's silent. So there, it sounds like he just wants it confirmed. So then after 24 hours, it's too late. He can no longer... He can no longer annul it. But here, where he said it's confirmed for today, which on the side of the Gemara, that there's such an implication that it should be annulled for tomorrow, then from tomorrow on, it will simply be annulled. He won't have to do anything else. The other side of the Gemara, oh, Dilmer, maybe, hello, Amarla. He didn't say it. Meaning, if he doesn't say it explicitly, if he doesn't say it really that he wants a muffer, so then just because he said it should be confirmed today, sounding like he wants a muffer tomorrow, that's not good enough. That's not a my safar. My safar, he's got to say. So now moving to the top of the Amaralf. We're going to branch out to a different question here. If you're going to conclude and you're going to say that it's not revoked and because he didn't actually say it. So in other words, we're going to come out that, the, that's, that like the tzad, that unless you actually said it, it's not, it's not annulled. So therefore, if he said it's confirmed for today, then the nether would be in existence tomorrow as well. So now, let's think about a case where it's the opposite. He said exactly that, just that point. It's, it, it should be <coughs> annulled tomorrow. Now, what is the halacha? On the one hand, here, he, he, you could say that since he said the annulment is tomorrow, it's no good. Because if I say it's revoked tomorrow, it's mashmah, then I'm confirming it today. And maybe we should say that if you confirm it today, then it cannot be annulled even for tomorrow. Meaning, we're going to say a big chedesh here. That if I am indeed confirming it today, then the confirmation of today precludes the possibility of it being annulled tomorrow. On this side of the Gemara, it sounds like even though he does say that it's annulled tomorrow, for tomorrow. So he's saying a, a maisa of hafara. But the fact that there's also a de- if there is true that there's a dibur shokiyam, with the implication of the dibur shokiyam, 
with him uh, confirming it today, then the confirmation of today itself precludes the hafara of tomorrow. And therefore, <coughs> perhaps it would be too late. It's not going to work. Odoma, we could say, he didn't say that it's confirmed today. He only said that it's annulled for tomorrow. When he's saying that it's revoked tomorrow, it's good because he's really saying it should be revoked from today. What does that mean? It's really that he's saying it should be revoked from today. But we're saying is that revoke tomorrow doesn't mean but today it's confirmed. It just means tomorrow it is an old. It could be an old for all I care about today as well. But the point is it doesn't give us that it's confirmed. Um, <coughs> it's confirmed strongly for today. Today is just nothing and tomorrow will be in effect that it's, that it's an old. Now the round is bothered that if you notice here in the Gemara, if you're just following the flow, there's actually a conflict in the implication between the first and second question. In the, let's go back over the Gemara. The first case of the Gemara was that someone said it should be confirmed tomorrow. Um, I'm sorry, it's confirmed today, rather. Someone said it should be confirmed today, implying it should be annulled tomorrow. So we're saying maybe it's good because he, it's a, he implied that it's, it's muffered tomorrow. Maybe it's no good because he didn't say it explicitly. If you would ask the, that side of the Gemara, that question of the Gemara, what if you would say explicitly, it's confirmed today and annulled tomorrow? It sounds like in the Gemara that would for sure be an annulment. The Shaila is, he didn't say it. He only implied that it's, that it's annulled tomorrow. That's why it's a suffix. And the second side of the Gemara, and the second suffix of the Gemara, he says it's annulled tomorrow. And we're saying if it says, if he said it's confirmed today, then it's no good. But maybe he didn't actually say it's confirmed today and therefore it is good. So it sounds like in the second suffix of the Gemara, if somebody says explicitly it's confirmed today and annulled tomorrow, it's no good. So which one is it? Besides for all these clairs, first define the simple question, which the Gemara is not in the Gemara itself. Define the simple question. If somebody said it's confirmed today and annulled tomorrow, what's the law? Do we say on the one hand, he's trying to annul a confirmed nether and that cannot work? Or do we say since the confirmation is, is, is restricted to one day and he's making the hafara for tomorrow, then that could work. So just define that question first. So the Ran says an interesting thing. The Ran says that you're right. Rabbah doesn't know the halacha there at also. <laughs> In other words, all of that is meant to be read into the sveikos of Rabbah. Rabbah doesn't know what the halacha is there. You're right. He doesn't know what the din would be if somebody says, kaim <coughs> And all that's happening is that Rabbah is now Furthering more questions. In his first question, he wants to know if somebody only said Kaim Yom, what would it then be? And in the second question, he wants to know if somebody only said Mufar what would it then be? All of these things are possible. I also want to point out one more idea that the first suffix of the Gemara seems to give us an idea that an implication of hafara is not good enough. You actually have to say hafara. Implying hafara is not good enough. You have to make a mice hafara. You have to say it. In the second side of the Gemara, the Gemara where it says, even though that's true, but perhaps there's a side that an implication of hakama is yeah, hakama. Meaning it sounds like in the Gemara there's an opening to have such a split that an implication of hafara is not a mice hafara, but an implication of hakama is yeah, mice hakama. What's the pshat? The Tarot says, it's chaluk b'yisoydei fundamentally what the difference of what's taking place when you're being ma'akir something, you're removing it through annulment, and when you're confirming it, you're, you're approving it through, through hakama. Hakama is something which perhaps even an implication can work for. The nether is here. You're just approving it. You're backing it. So maybe that could come even with just implication. How far where a person is annulling and removing, revoking the nether, maybe that's where the Gemara has the sad that it cannot work through an implication. Okay, continues the Gemara. <coughs> if you're going to say 
that even so, in other words, even though he only said it should be Mufar tomorrow, there is a, a mashmal that it's confirmed today, and therefore, even the Kaimah Yom Lamacha Kabanti Isay Dummy, since he confirmed the vow today, it has to continue tomorrow as well, and it cannot be revoked, meaning you're going to come out that someone who said Mufar tomorrow, it's not annulled tomorrow, because the implication was it was confirmed today, and a confirmed nether can never go away. <coughs> so then, Amar Allah Kaim Shah. What if he didn't say? It's confirmed for a day. What if he said it's confirmed for an hour? So meaning we're going to limit it. It's a much more of a limited thing. It's only for a small duration of time. So now, wow, what's the halacha? It's as if he said, for, for an hour it's confirmed, but it's as if he's saying it should be annulled after the hour. And if he's saying it should be annulled after the hour, maybe that's valid. Because even though it was confirmed on the first day, but it was such a limited amount of time on the first day. It wasn't the entire, it wasn't the entire first day. And then let's think about the lambdas here. It's still on the Yom HaShmiah when the confirmation goes away. That's the big difference here. In the previous case, if it was confirmed, it was confirmed throughout the entire Yom HaShmiah. In the second, in this case, it's really the third Suffolk of Rabbah, it's confirmed only for one hour. So it's on the day of the Shmiya itself that the confirmation goes away. <coughs> so then perhaps he's able to make the annulment go in effect. He didn't say it should be, it should be annulled after the hour. He just said it should be confirmed for one hour. So it's still only an, only an implication that it should go away after the hour and therefore it's not good enough. A fourth point. In terms hello if you conclude and say, hey, he didn't say to her that it should go away after the hour, and therefore it's not a myself far and it doesn't go away. What if he actually said it? Meaning, what if he actually said, it's Kayim for one hour, and then it's annulled afterwards? <coughs> Do we say, and this is, I think, the more novel side, that once it's confirmed at all, even if it's only a small amount of time, it's a confirmed thing. It makes it forever impossible to revoke a vow that has ever been confirmed. The whole day is possible. So he has the opportunity to either annul it or, revoke, to, or confirm it. If he says it should go away after an hour, it is effective to remove it. So maybe we say that there's no din that a nether which is confirmed at all can never be muffer. There's no such halacha. Halacha is only if it's confirmed for that the entire Yom HaShmiah, then it cannot be, it cannot be muffer in the future. Here where he said that it's only confirmed for a small duration of time in the Yom HaShmiah, and after that time passes, he is actually able to be made for it. So in conclusion, we have four separate sets of questions here. It's a little complicated, right? We know things are so simple. You have 24 hours, either be made for it or be making it, right? Black and white. No, not simple at all. We have one question. Actually, there's a hidden question as well, which the round says is not even in the Gemara. If someone said, Kayim for a day and then Mufar tomorrow. That's not even in the Gemara, but Rabbah doesn't know that either. But Rabbah starts with a question where someone says, it's Kayim today, and he's implying it should be Mufar tomorrow. Is that good? We start with enough, and we start with that question. We move on to an opposite question. If somebody says it's muffer tomorrow, implying it's confirmed today, is that a good a good annulment? <clears throat> we start with then we move on to a question. If somebody says it is kaim for a little bit of time, kaim for an hour, can we use the implication of that it should be muffer after the hour and it's valid um, annulment? And then we move on to a fourth question: What if somebody actually said? that it should be muffer after an hour, what is the halacha? So the Gemara is going to try now to resolve actually only the last question here. Tashma, 
Here's a Mishnah in Nazir. Harin in Azir. A woman says, I'm in Azir. Remember, Nazir applies to both men and women. The husband hears and he hears and he says, Me too. <coughs> he says, I as well. And what the Mashmalas is, is that he's saying, I as well should become a Nazir. After he does that, he's not able to remove her Nazirs. Why? Because what happened? He made himself a Nazir by linking it to his wife's Naziris. So what's that showing? It's showing that he approves in the moment, he approves of her Naziris. Because there's no way he could be a Nazir by saying, and me, if he doesn't approve of his wife's Naziris. Clearly, he's in a certain respect, he's confirming his wife's Naziris by himself saying, and I also am a Nazir. So now he can't be made. For, so if I'm I, why not? For, why don't we just say it was for one second? Name of Ani Nazir. Why don't we say that when he said an I, he's saying it should be a Nazir. But regard to her Nazir, maybe only for one hour it's confirmed. But after the hour, he can revoke it. Why can't he revoke it? It must be that since it's confirmed even for a small amount of time, any confirmation, even for the smallest amount of time, precludes the possibility of, of revocation afterwards. So the point the Kamara is saying is like this. In order for his Naziris to be effective, right, he's saying, and I, he's clearly approving of the nether, at least in that moment. But we don't see that he's approving of the nether for more than that moment. So when he says, Va'ani, it's only like a confirmation for a moment. So what's the pshat that we're saying you can't be made for? What you can't be made for, like as, as, as a straight rule, must be that any amount of confirmation, even for a limited amount of time, stops the ability to be made for in the future. Says the Gemara, lo, the pshat is, the pshat is, the pshat is, you missed the analysis. When someone says, and I, to the wife's naziris, it's as if he says, it's confirmed to you forever. Why? Because, it's such like a powerful sense of confirmation. It's saying, not only do I like your Naziris, I like your Naziris so much, and I'm going to latch onto it and connect it, and I'm also going to be a Nazir. It's not shot. You only take away from there that in the moment he's confirming it. You take out, it says, if he said, it's kind forever. If someone said kind forever, then obviously he wouldn't be able to annul, to annul it afterwards because there the key was forever. So in a case where someone says it's only kind for one hour, it's still possible to say like Rabbah, since there's a limited amount of kiyam, where it's over on the Yom HaShmiah, so then maybe you could be made However, where here he said, Va'ani, it's as if he said it's kind forever. If it's as if he said it's kind forever, so then he's not going to be able to be made for afterwards. So we don't end up resolving end of, end, any of Rabbah's questions. Okay, so now, very exciting, we get to learn Nisrokna in the place. Now, we learned Nisrokna a couple of days ago. It was a little complicated, back and forth. But today, the Mishra is going to do a good job to help us understand it with the background and the clarity. It's almost, we would have w- wished that we had learned this a couple of days ago. So remember, there's a joint jurisdiction of the Narma Rasa between the father and the husband, right? They both are made for together, then the nether goes away. What happens if Mesav, so the girl has this nether, she needs both Afaras for it to go away, and now the father dies. So if the father dies, now the only party here that's still alive is the husband. Says the Mishnah, alone is wrote the The right to remove the vow does not go over to the husband. We don't say that it empties out to him. We don't say that the husband now is the only one who needs to be made for. We don't say that. Rather, we say it still needs the father's afar. And obviously the father's dead. He's not giving his afar. And therefore the nether cannot go away. However, in contrast, Meis Tabal, <coughs> if the husband is the one who dies, Nisrogna Rishus La'av, 
then his rights to be made for the Nadarim, they do empty out and transfer to the father. And the father can be made for her all by himself. We're going to see that this distinction is based upon Psokim. Bazet, in this, in this, in this halacha, we see the power of a father is greater than the power of the husband, right? Because the husband doesn't get the Nisrokna. His Afara will never be able to work alone. However, the father has a dinisrokna that if the, the husband dies, he could do it alone. So there is a greater koach to the father in the partnership than there is to the husband. But in another way, the power of the husband is greater than the power of the father. A husband is able to remove the vows even in a, to a bagger. A bagger is when a girl is fully mature, 12 and a half. So in other words, the jurisdiction that he has as a husband doesn't go away for a bag, for a bogaris. It's still a husband. So he could be made for a father can't remove his daughters in the dharm when she's a Bulgaris. He can only do um, when she's under the age of 12 and a half. When she's 12 and a half, when she becomes a Bulgaris, she leaves her father's domain completely. <coughs> okay, so we start with the Gemara asking, my timer, what is the reason? So what is the question that the Gemara is bothered by? So the Ran learns that the Gemara is bothered. Why don't we say Nisrokta to the husband? Now, is Nisrokna something which is logical or is Nisrokna something which is based upon a Pasuk? So we're going to see that the whole din of Nisrokna, that when the husband dies, the father can be made for, is based upon a Pasuk. So why is the Gemara asking, why, do we, why don't we say the other way around? What do you mean? I don't have a Pasuk, right? So the Ran learns, Pshat, this is very important, that once the Torah discloses Xeris HaKosov, that there's Nisrokna from a husband to a Father, now I intuitively say, my time, why can't it go the other way around as well? Meaning, it's not something one day I wake up and think of intuitively, that it should be Nisrokna. That's true. But, but, if the Torah shows me that there is a Nisrokna from the husband, that it empties to the father, why don't I say in the inverse as well? So the Gemara answers, the Pasuk says when she's in in her father's house. Now the Mashmos of that is, is that even if she's in her father's house, but the father's dead. She's like, you know, in her father's household. Like, see it that way. Besavia. So the Pasuk is saying that she's still by her father, even though it's only in her father's household, but her father's literally dead. So therefore, the idea that we're saying is she remains in the father's rishos even after the death of the father. She does not, the rishos for Nadarim does not automatically transfer and empty out to her new husband. Rather, we say that she remains benurel, despite the fact that her father's not around. So we're saying that she remains by her father's house even though her father's dead. There's no nisroknot over to the husband. So now we move on to the second ruling. That, that, that if the husband dies, the, the rights go to the father. So how do we know this? So again, it's really we're working backwards, right? This is really the first thing that we should have studied. That there's bachlal din of nisrokna. If the if the husband dies, it goes to the father. The work we just did was like assuming what we're about to do is true, and there isn't a din nisrokna over to the father. Why don't I say it the other way over to the husband? Now the gemara is taking a step back and saying, how do I know there's nisrokna from the husband to the father? The Pasuk says, Remember, means she makes herself to a man, meaning she becomes betrothed. So she makes herself betrothed, and she has Nadarim. And the Pasuk can go on to say, you know, that, 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 that the husband is Mayfair, as we said, with the love, together with the father. But the point here is that it says, Hayosiyah. Hayosiyah, you notice, is in the, is in the, uh, the double language. 
It's mashma, there could be two kedushins. So what it would mean that there's two kedushins? Let's just speak it out. A woman that makes a nedim. So she had her father and her aras. They could be made for her. Both would be made for the nedim to go away. Then her aras died. So then, and the nether's still here, let's say. And now she gets remarried to a second guy. She gets re... <clears throat> she does another Kedushin to a second guy. The Torah is indicating that the second Kedushin as well will form a second partnership between the father and the second Aras. And the father and the second Aras will be able to be made for the Nidan. So the Torah is saying, Hayo, if she gets married once, there's a partnership. And Zia, if she gets married again, there will be a second partnership. Says the drasha, we can say, The Torah is juxtaposing them, So we say, just as the power of the father was before she ever got married, so too it will be between her marriages before her second marriage, because it's just as it is before the first condition, that's the way it will be between the first and the second as well. Just as before she ever got married. Clearly then the father can be made for all by himself, obviously. Before she ever got married, unmarried now, the father can be made for himself. So too, before she gets a second act of Kedushim, between the death of her first husband, and when she gets remarried, the father alone can be made for her. That's the drush of Nisrokna, that once the first husband dies, it's Nisrokna to the father. Now let's just understand the lumdas. It's very cool. It's Nisrokna to the father, and then what happens when she gets remarried? Now the second Aris has a new partnership with that, and now the father has to split it with him. So the father has the right, it's his own jurisdiction before she gets married. She does Aris in now with joint between the first Aris and the father. The first Aris dies, now it's the stroke to all to the father. Now when she now when she gets married a second time, now the father will have a joint jurisdiction now again with the second Aris. Very good. So between the juxtaposition of before the first Kedushin to before the second Kedushin, we learn the din of Nisrokna. Says the Gemara, very important question. And this is something we, we touched upon in Svara a couple days ago. Maybe Nisrokna is only for Nidarim that never appeared to the Aris, meaning only Nidarim that the Aris never heard about. Let's say she said it, the Aris was on his deathbed, the Aris never heard about it. He never collected it, he never took it in. He didn't hear about it, Bechlau. There we say if the husband dies, it goes over to the father. <coughs> the father alone could be made for. Because the Aris didn't have it in any way. He hadn't even heard about it. But if it was a type of nether that she made and the Aris heard about it, so like he was Konaid, he began the process of taking it in and deciding who says that Nisrokna transfers his rights to the father. And again, the lumdas is that the Shemias HaNeder, the hearing of the nether, is like taking it. It's taking control of it. It's up to your deliberation now. So who says that there's Nisrokna on the nether that after the Shemias of the Aris? Maybe the whole Nisrogna is only the Dharam that were not heard to the Aras. Says the Gemara, very important line. Even a Dharam Shalunu the Aras. If we'd be only be talking about the Dharam that weren't heard by the Aras, you don't need the Pasuk to teach you that. Why? We know that from the Pasuk that says she's a Nara in her father's house. What do we mean? What do we mean over here? So it seems like from the Ran that the Pasuk the, 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 the that says Minu is saying, that you don't need a Pasuk. What does that mean you don't need a Pasuk? Is that, that's good for the Pasuk. That any Nidarim that she has by her father's house, the father could be made for. No, after the first Aris dies, it's Binu Rebbe Savia. 
it's Pashat and Svara that the father is the only one who could be made for it. It's not such a big deal. The Aris never had any jurisdiction over the vow. And now after he dies, where is she? She's back by her father's house. So it's covered in the regular, it's, it's covered in the regular, it's covered in the regular power of the father being made for the Nadar. So what's so important about this Gemara is that it's mashma. If the Aras didn't hear about it, you don't really need a whole fancy din of Nisrokna. If the others didn't hear about it, then when he dies, it's Pashat the father can be made for. That's been a Rabbi Zavir. What's the big deal? If the Aras wasn't Zoha at all, so what do I need a Pasuk to say that the Av can be made for? That's what it sounds like. She's still, she, she's a Nara, she's in her father's house. The whole Chiddush would be, the whole Chiddush would be over here is that, um, Ochidish would be specifically only on a nidarm that were nearer to the Aras, that the Aras did hear about it. So he was Ochainit. There I need the Pasuk. And there the Pasuk is teaching me that still when the husband dies, there's a din of Nisroka. So it sounds like we're coming out in the Gemara. If the Dharm that the Aras didn't hear about, Pashad of Avada, there's Nisroka to the father. Why not? The other way, when it's near Laris, that's where I come onto the Pasuk that we're saying, the Hayosia, which compares before the first Kedushin to before the second Kedushin, that the father is able to be made for. Now, what's difficult about, the, uh, difficult about the Gemara, and this is where you maybe we'll leave this as a question, is that what about the idea that we don't say Nisrokna from the father over to the husband? That's true. What did we learn two days ago? Regardless of whether or not the father heard about it. Even if the father didn't hear about the nether and the father dies, what's the halacha? There's no Nisrokna to the husband and the husband can't be made for so it's very interesting. When it's the husband who dies and he hadn't even heard about it, the Gemara is making it like it's a Zadavar Pasha that the father could be made for all alone. That's the Pasha rule. You, don't, you only need Xeris HaKasav in a scenario where the husband first heard about it. That's true. Mitzarach. Mitzacheni, the din that you don't say Nisrokna from the father over to the husband, that's true even if the father didn't hear about it. And the Pasha Taich, why that's true is because remember, what did we see on the Amid Aleph? Why don't we say Nisrokna from the father to the husband? It's Xeris HaKasav. Even after the father's death, she remains in his jurisdiction. If that's true, then even if the father didn't hear about it, that's going to stop the, uh, the Aras from being able to be made for it. So we have everything working together. Nisrokna from the Av over to the husband is not happening whether or not the husband, whether or not the father heard about it. Nisrogdra from the husband to the father is happening even if the Aras heard about it uh, as we're learning from this Hakish. All right, now we go to the last point. We said that the, fa- the, 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 the husband has a greater power in the sense that he could be made for to a Bogaris and, and, and a father cannot be, cannot be made for once she's a Bogaris. So the Gemara says, hey, what do we mean that an Aras removes the vows when she's a Bogaris? What do we mean? Maybe he's talking about a case. He was Makalish when she was a Nara, and then she, be, she became a Bogaris. In other words, after the Kedushin. So, Mechti, let's analyze. The father's death removes her from her father's jurisdiction, and Bagras removes her from the father's jurisdiction, right? Just as when he dies, the jurisdiction isn't inherited, and so too. Um, Bagras, it it, she leaves her father's jurisdiction. So, what happened if, let's say, <coughs> he's Makadish her when she's a Nara. She's 12 and a few months. A few months later now, she becomes a Bogaris. The father's still alive, but she, she's leaving his jurisdiction. But she's still only a but she's still only a Ma'orasa. She's still only betrothed. Should we assume that now the husband can be made for her alone? Again, one more time. She was a Nara Marasa with a joint distinction between, a joint jurisdiction between the father and, and the Aras. Now she becomes a Bogaris and leaves her father's Rishos. So should the husband, while she's only a Marasa, be able to be made for the Nadarim alone? So the Gemara not. 
just as when the father dies. There's no nisrokna from the father to the husband, and the husband cannot be made for a loan. So too, when, the, when, when she becomes a bogaris and leaves her father's domain, the, 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 the maorasa, this girl who just, who is still only betrothed but is becoming a bogaris, the husband shouldn't be able to be made for a loan. Mamisa lo nisrokna rishos labao, afbagras nisrokna rishos labao. Again, the husband betrothed her. She was still an ara. The father had a jurisdiction. Even when that jurisdiction leaves, we don't say that the husband can be made for a loan. So the Mishnah cannot mean that. It cannot mean that when she becomes a bogaris while she's still a maorasa, she changes to leave her father's jurisdiction. She becomes a, a bogaris during the erison. We cannot say that at that point the aras can be made for a loan. Just as Bamisa, there's no nisrokna, so too by bogaris, there's no, there's no nisrokna. So the Gemara says, you're right. We're talking about a case that at the time of the condition, she was already a Bulgaris. So what does that mean to say? She had already left her father's jurisdiction from, from before the condition. So in this case, now that makes sense. Because in this case, we're going to say the father never had jurisdiction. So you don't need a din of Nisrochna. Rather, we're going to say that when the time comes that he, could be, that he has to support his wife, even if he didn't actually do Nisuin, but there's times, you know, you set the, wait, you set the date for the wedding. After Arison, we set a date for the wedding, and when that time comes, he's obligated to support her, <coughs> and then he'd be able to be made for the Dharma all by himself, even though she is still, um, even though she's still in Arusa. So it says the Gemara, but that's not a Chiddush. If that's what the Mishnah means, that he was Makadish about Garrus and that he's, he has the exclusive rights to be made for the Nadarim and the father doesn't, that's not a Chiddush. We know that already. It says in the Mishnah later on, it says about Garrus who waited her 12 months. So Rabbi Lazar says, since the husband has to support her, she waited her 12 months for her wedding. Even if she's still in Arusa, the, the, the Aras can be made for her in Adarim because since, since, he, uh, since he has to support her, so then he's able to, uh, to, be, to, be, to be made for her in Adarim. He can be made for the Adarim all, all by himself. It happens to be over that it's only Rabbi Lazar who says that. The Chachamim say, no, until you actually do Nisu and you can't be made for Nadarm. But Al Kopanim, over there, it's in the Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer says the same point that a Bulgaris could theoretically have a far as Nadarm um, from her Aris all alone if, if, if the condition was to a Bulgaris. So the father's out of the picture. He has no jurisdiction over her. So then the Aris can be made for Nadarm after the time for the wedding comes. So why is it necessary for our Tana to say the same thing twice in our Mishnah and in the Mishnah later? He's saying that for a Bulgaris, the, the Aris can be made for the Nadarm when the allotted time for the, for the Nisuin comes. So first of all, before we answer the question, the Gemara just goes on a tangent on the Mishnah that we just quoted. There's a problem in the Mishnah itself. First, you tell me Bogaris who waited 12 months. But Bogaris doesn't have to wait 12 months for a wedding. Bogaris is 30 days. Just to understand this, the idea is that a wet, the reason we wait for the wedding is because we need to prepare for the wedding. She needs all her makeup, and the husband needs to prepare all the foods. So we leave time to prepare. But that's true if it's a young girl. But a Bulgaria, she's very old, right? She's already 12 and a half. So therefore, we just push. We push and we say the wedding should take place right away in 30 days. Very interesting halacha. So how could it say a Bulgaria who waited 12, who waited, who waited 12 months? Bulgaria doesn't wait 12 months. So the Gemara answer is, you're right. Tani, you should change the Mishnah to read like this. Bulgaris, a Bulgaris, comma. Or somebody who waited 12 months. Two separate cases here. It doesn't mean that the Bogaris is waiting the time allotted for her and a Nara who waited 12 months. Okay, so we've cleared up that problem. The Al-Kopanim, the Gemara gets back to his question. We have a Kasha. Why does our Mishnah teach 
what Rabbi Lanzer said, if it's in the Mishnah later. Our Mishnah is saying that a husband can be made for even a Bokeres. Clearly, we're talking about such a case that he was Makadish her when she was a Bokeres. They waited the allotted time to make the Nisuin, and then at that point, <coughs> the Aris can be made for her all by himself. That's in the Mishnah there. Why do I need our Mishnah to teach that? So the Gemara answers, You could say our Mishnah is the main purpose. This that the Mishnah repeats it later. It wants to tell you that the Rabbanan disagree. Meaning, really, our Mishnah is the primary Mishnah, that the husband's power is greater, that he can be made for even a Bulgaris. The Mishnah later is just taught, it repeats Rabbi Lezer because it's trying to set up the, the, the dissenting view of the Rabbanan. Or if you want, you can answer Bogaris Tafka, that really the Mishnah of the Bogaris is the main Mishnah, the Mishnah later. I, what's our Mishnah doing if it's going to be there later? Since the first part of our Mishnah told us that the power of a father could be greater than a husband because he has Nisrokna and the husband doesn't have Nisrokna. So the end of the Mishnah also mentioned, like as a tangent, that in one respect, the husband's greater than the father because he can be made for as a Bogaris and the father cannot. So meaning... <coughs> The primary Mishnah is later. In our Mishnah, it's only mentioned Bechlau as a tangent about whose power is greater.